you want to take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. This morning I want to speak to you probably on the most powerful scriptures in the entire Old Testament. Amazingly, I was thinking, I do not believe I've ever preached on this scripture. If so, it's been a very, very long time ago. I chose the sermon title, Boneyard. Boneyard. And what you're seeing here are pictures of Davis, Davis Motham Air Force Base in Arizona. Out in the middle of the desert there, they have literally hundreds of acres of aircraft. And when an aircraft is retired, they send it to Davis Motham Air Force Base and is taken there and put into mothballs. And many of these aircraft, you can see, are older to have been there years upon years upon years upon years. And very, very few of them ever fly again. They have something in common. All at one time flew. All are in a state of decay living in the desert. And very few will ever fly again. The scripture that we have today speaks of something different. If you'll show that next photograph. Here's another type of aircraft. It's the F-15 Strike Eagle. The Strike Eagle was destined to fly. Even though it's many years old in our arsenal of aircraft, it still is one of the most powerful airplanes that the Air Force has today. A Strike Eagle never belongs on the ground. It was built to fly. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, as we look at the Scripture today, in this valley of dry bones, God has something more powerful and better for all of His children than living in a desert in a state of decay being in a valley of dry bones. So I hope you have your Bibles today. You've turned to Ezekiel and chapter 37. We want to look today at five different points. And I really pray, in fact, we're going to pause and pray in just a moment, that God will genuinely speak to our hearts today. So would you join me please in prayer? Father, thank you so much for this morning. For the various facets of worship that we have enjoyed. Father, for the fact that you reign. Over all the earth, you reign. Thank you that you love us incredibly. In fact, you love us enough to take a chisel and start whacking off the things that would keep us in the desert in a state of decay. Thank you that we are destined to fly. We are destined to soar like an eagle soars throughout the land. But Father, you know. Father, you know. That many of us live in the desert. Many of us are the shell of the person that you want us to be in you. And just as you spoke to these bones and they came to life. I am asking in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit would do something that no pastor and no no emotion can, can equate to. I am asking that your Holy Spirit will speak to hearts in an incredible way. God, please. Do something powerful in our midst. And Jesus, I do pray this in your most precious name. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. In Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14, we want to first look at the valley of hopelessness. The valley of hopelessness. The Bible says there, the hand of the Lord was on me. Now, me in this case was a guy named Ezekiel. 
Ezekiel. All right? And Ezekiel has been taken and deported to Babylon. The nation of Israel, in a state of chaos, it's not in its homeland anymore, has been taken captive. And Ezekiel is one of those captives. And, and throughout the time of the captivity, God is speaking to Ezekiel and prophesying through him. And so when it says that the hand of the Lord was on me, that's a symbolism of God's power being on Elijah. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you, if God is going to do anything in the Valley of Dry Bones, it's got to be Him and not us. Amen? We, listen, we cannot. If there are marriages to be healed, it's going to have to be God. If there are, if there's a nation to be healed, it's going to have to be God. If there be families who are brought together, it's going to have to be God. If there are relationships that come back together, it's going to have to be the mighty hand of God. So, so the hand of God comes upon Elijah and he, he, God, brought Elijah out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. And keep this in your mind. The bones symbolized something that was once alive. Something that was, was vibrant and no longer is. And then the Bible says this. He led me all around them. There was a great many of them on the surface of the valley. And they were very dry. Now, these are not bones that had recently. These are not people who had recently died. They had laid in the desert and their bones had become bleached white. There really seems to be no hope in this situation. And to Ezekiel, it represents the nation of Israel. God says this in the, in the, in the scripture. He says, these bones represent the nation of Israel and what I want to do. It represents their nation. But I want to tell you this. It represents our nation. Our nation now is in a state of moral and an ethical decay. We are a country who has walked away from the holy God who once walked our streets. We have turned our back on God and chosen to do what we want to do. And we need revival in America. Would you say amen? We need a movement of God in America like we have not seen in many, many, many years. Now you may ask yourself, how exactly does this happen? How, how is it that, that one, one day in 1958, I believe it was, around that time, that we had a government who said, we'll put on our money and God we trust? How is it we went from a government who said that, that we will put in the Pledge of Allegiance that we are one nation under God? How is it that we went from a nation where every national monument has some reference to a God that we now have a nation that largely, and a government that largely denies God? It begins with one man. You see, if you are a man today, and if you look at your... And listen, we can't judge by the outside. Hopefully we'll talk about that in a moment. But if you look inside of you, and you are honest enough to say, you know what? I see a valley of dry bones. I see a valley where there once was a fresh breath of God. There no longer is that fresh breath of God. If you're honest enough to say, I'm not what I used to be with God. Somehow I've stepped back from God. If that is you today then you shouldn't be surprised as a man, as a husband, as a father, if you have a family of dry bones. Someone needs to let this lady in back over here. Would someone let her in? She went out and we lock our doors for safety. She's, I think she wants back in. That's a good thing. So if you're a man of dry bones, you shouldn't be surprised if you have a family with dry bones. And may I just say this? If you're a man with a family and that family goes to a church, you should not be surprised that you have a church with dry bones. 
If you're a man who has a family who goes to a church and that church has dry bones, you should not be surprised that you live in a city that has dry bones. If you're a man with dry bones, you've got a family with dry bones, who goes to a church with dry bones, who lives in a city with dry bones, you should not be surprised that you live in a county that has dry bones. If you're a man who has dry bones, who has a family, who has dry bones, who goes to a church that has dry bones, who lives in a city that has dry bones, who lives in a county that has dry bones, you should not be surprised that you live in a state of Illinois that has dry bones. If you're a man with dry bones, who has a family with dry bones, who goes to a church with dry bones, who lives in a city with dry bones, who lives in a county with dry bones, who lives in a state with dry bones, you should not be surprised that you live in a country with dry bones. If you're a man with dry bones, listen, if you're a man with dry bones and you have a family with dry bones who lives in a, a, goes to a church with dry bones, who lives in a city with dry bones, who lives in a county with dry bones, who lives in a state with dry bones, who lives in a country with dry bones, why are we surprised that we live in a world with dry bones? The answer to the problem is sitting in this auditorium and it is we as individuals and men, may I say, directly as the leaders of the family, it falls in our laps. We are a dry bone society. Because we are Christians of dry bones. But now here's the question. I love it. I mean, look what Ezekiel says, or God says to Ezekiel. He says in verse 3, Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel, is it possible for these bleached white bones that you see in this valley to once again live? Is it possible, God, for me once again to be the man you want me to be? God, is it possible for my family to be the strong family that I know you want it to be? God, is it possible for our church to be a passionate own Fire revival center for God. God, is it possible that Harrisburg will be known as a hot spot for Holy God in Southern Illinois? Is it possible that people flock to Sling County to attend the churches of Sling County because of the passion of God that is in Sling County? Is it possible for instead of Illinois being known as a liberal state to be a state that stands for God? Is it possible for America to be known in this world once again for one nation under God? And that only has in God we trust in its money, but once again, in its heart. And is it possible for a sweeping revival to occur around this world? And Elijah cautiously says, Lord, only you know. That's a tall order, God. Only you know. And so we moved in now to a vision of hope. And listen, oh, this is so good. God says to Elijah, to Ezekiel, I'm sorry. If I switch those two, just ignore me. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones. I want you to speak about these bones. But you watch, he goes one step further. He says, I want you to say to them. Now, this is kind of strange. God says, I want you to speak to the dry bones. Now, we've all been to funerals, and I've, I've watched particularly the final goodbye when families speak to the body laying there. They understand that person's not there, but it represents life to them. It represents what the person was. And God says, I want you to speak to these bones. Here's what he says. Here's what I want you to say. Dry bones. Say it with me. Dry bones. Why did God do that? 
Why did God address them and say, dry bones, la-da-da-da-da-da-da? You know why? Dead things have a hard time knowing they're dead. So God is saying, bones, I want you to understand something. You are not in a state of decay. You're worse than that. You're bleached white. You're dead. And I want to tell you today, as your pastor, as a, as a minister of the gospel, I'm praying that God's Holy Spirit will speak to hearts that have long reckon, or had a hard time recognizing that they are dry bones. We, we go through the motions. We do our things. We say, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm asking God to speak to hearts, including my heart, and say, God, identify me. Am I dry bones? And if I am dry bones, then what, Lord? Hear the word of the Lord. The answer to dry bones is the word of the Lord. You're going to see it here in a moment. The answer to dry bones is not a new habit. The, the answer to dry bones is not saying I'm going to start going to church. The answer to dry bones is not I'm going to be a better husband. The, the answer to dry bones is not I'm going to be a better father. The answer to dry bones is not I'm going to do better. The answer to dry bones is the message and the power and the person of God in Jesus Christ. That is what we need as believers in Jesus Christ. That is what our town needs. That is what our city needs. That is what our state and country and this world needs. Is a sweeping revival of the fires of the Lord Jesus Christ across this land. Across this land. The one hope. As I shared it here. And I shared that couple in my office. The one hope, dear brothers and sisters. For our families, for our homes, for our country, for our church, is Jesus Christ. It is not more religion. It is not more programs. It is not more services. It is God Almighty having His way in our lives. That's what the answer is. Dry bones. Brother, hear the Word of God today. Don't rationalize. Don't excuse it away. Hear what the Word of God has to say. Sister. Don't say it's meant for her. Hear it for yourself. Students, it's meant for you. Children old enough to understand, it's meant for you. Those in the decision process of your life, it's meant for you. Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the Lord God says to these dry bones. Here's the message. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so you come to life. And then you will know that I am Yahweh. Then you will know that I am Lord God. May I speak directly to you? Would you mind if I just kind of repeat myself? What is the answer? When you say, Dwayne, how, who? Can change my life. When I, when I look inside. Last we saw in the video. Who can change me? And God said. I will. Do you see it? Three times at least he said. I will. I will. I will. God who can turn my family around? Who can heal our marriage? God says I will. Who can, God who can help my children. Turn out to be responsible moral people. Who are madly in love with your son Jesus Christ. God says I will. Who can change the city council. Who can change the school boards. Who can change the government in Illinois. God says I will. 
Who, who can take care of the vast ills in America? A government has gone so far south. A people has gone so far south. God says, I will. Who can turn this world upside down and never for it to be the same again? God says, I will. That's the message. We have a will. Listen, we don't have a God who says, I don't want to. We don't have a give up God. We have a God who will. But He's waiting on dry bones to put on flesh. He's talking about dry bones putting on muscle. He's talking about dry bones breathing again, coming back to life, doing what we're created to do, and that's changing this world for Jesus Christ. Wow. I, so powerful. I will. I will. I will. And I want you to see what I call on the sermon sheet. Vantage obedience. Vantage is a military term. It simply means the army has the high ground. The, the army, if you're doing an ambush, you're behind the stone wall. If, if you're seeing, watching troops, enemy troops go through the valley, you're on the mountainside. And there is power in obedience. Come on, come on, come on. There's power in obedience. Now watch. Watch what happens. So I prophesied. Now remember, he's talking to dry bones. I mean, you would, we would take him down and put him in some place. You know, when you see somebody out in the graveyard talking to bones, it's kind of weird. But he believes that God can do anything. Do you believe today that God can do anything? I'm telling you, I said it three times or twice this morning anyway. I said, listen, if God can cause a young teenage girl who never knew a man to conceive a child, and that child grow up to be the sinless, powerful Son of God who was nailed to a Roman cross. If God can do that, God can handle whatever's happening in your life. Our God is able today. He is able. So, so, he, so Ezekiel just simply says, I will. So, so he says, I prophesied as has been commanded, and while I was prophesying, watch, 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 watch. While I was obeying, he didn't wait for something to happen. He started obeying. And while he was obeying, there was a noise. Come on now. There was a noise. There was a rattling of bones. I tell you what. Listen. Listen. If we will obey God, we're going to hear a new noise. And it's going to be the sound of bones coming together. Homes that were hopeless and, and cities that were hopeless and a world that seems hopeless and dark. If we, if we obey God, we're going to start to hear some rattling of the bones. And so he hears a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. And as I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Oh, this is important. The first thing that happened was was bones came together. Then tendons appeared, muscle appears, and skin covers them. But there was no action. There was no breath. Now listen. We have a tendency in church. When our marriages get in trouble, we want to come to God. And that's a good thing to do. We, when, 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 when we lose a job, we want to come to God. When F4 tornadoes come through town, we want to turn to God. And we say, actually, I'm, let me just be real candid. Let me be very candid. We want to start going to church. In the midst of a crisis, 
we figure out the thing to do is to start some good habits. But I want to tell you this. If, only, if the only thing that changes in your life is outward and not inward, you're still dead. You may have a little bit of flesh on you. You may have some tendons on you. You may have some muscle on you. You may have some skin on you. But until something happens inside, it's just a change on the outside. And change on the outside never lasts. The, the heart of the preacher or the style of the music or something better will come along on Sunday morning and you will take your walk. It takes a change on the inside for something truly to happen. At this point... There was no breath. No breath. It's not enough to desire to... We used to say it this way. And boy, I've heard it said. Preacher, I need religion. No, honey, you don't need religion. If you're lost today, you need the most powerful gift God can give you. And that is forgiveness of your wretched soul by the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you. You don't need some preacher. You don't need some church. You don't need some denomination. You need Jesus Christ. If you're here today, you've already trusted Him, and you're looking right now, and you are honest enough to look, you've seen that valley dry bones, you don't need to say, well, I'm going to change, and I'm going to start, and I'm going to quit doing this. You need a fresh breath from God blowing through your skeleton. That God can do tremendous things in your life. And just watch this. Look, look at this vast vanguard. He said to me, prophesy to the, to the breath, prophesy. Prophesy to see the emphasis there? He said it twice. You know why? When God says something twice, it's huge. If if Ezekiel quits now, the job's not done. See, I think that's the problem. God gets our attention, we feel a little bit guilty, we change on the outside, and we stop. And when the crisis is gone, when when things are better, we go back. That's why I think it's really why he says prophesy, oh, oh son of man. Prophesy. Here's the, God's saying, here's the key part that we Baptists miss. And I, well, shh, it's not just Baptists, all of us miss. Prophesy in, in the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the Lord God says. Breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet as a vast army. This is huge. This is huge. This is why I said we bad this. The word breath there, Hebrew and Greek, means spirit. Means spirit. God is saying, I will cause my spirit. To come into you. I will cause my spirit. To move upon you. Guys hear me. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. And we have gotten away from relying. On the Holy Spirit of God. Listen I I believe it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have our part. But our part results in nothing. Without the part of God. And the part of God is the power of the Holy Spirit. And us simply surrendering to Him. God, it is your gig, not mine. God, it's your deal, not mine. God, it's your show and not mine. I am the created. You are the creator. You are God and I am not. 
unless you do that, unless we do that, we'll stay in the valley. We may look like skeletons, old dry bones. We may look like a dead corpse. But either way, things ain't changing. And I'm telling you, I, it is commendable the changes that I've seen in people's lives. And it's commendable some of the changes I've seen in my life. But the moment I start being satisfied with changes and excusing away my lack of dependence of God through His Holy Spirit, I'm in deep weeds. You know, Brent can't do what he does without the power of the Holy Spirit. Dave can't lead worship. He can stand up and sing. And you can have a program. Without the, but you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't preach the Word of God without the Holy Spirit. You can give a speech. But you can't. Listen, listen, listen. You can't be the man you want to be, the woman you want to be without God. You can't be the daddy or the wife you want to be, or, or the husband or the mother. You, you can't be the, the child you need to be. You can't be the Christian you need to be. You can't be the follower of Christ you need to be. We can't be the, the city, the county, the state, or the nation. We need to be without the fresh wind of God blowing through. See, there's no doubt in my mind that America is a, quote, Christian nation. But the problem is the word Christian. I'm going to preach on this one day. Christians become watered down to mean whatever we want to be. And all you end up, when you've got Christian, and it means whatever you want to be, you know, it's okay to have abortion, homosexuality, and same-sex marriage. I can lie, steal, cheat, cheat on this and cheat on that. You know, if that's your definition of Christian, you're dry bones. You're dry bones. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when we start listening to God, and we said, and God says, that's wrong. And we allow God through His Holy Spirit to empower us to change that. And there's a change. We leave the valley. We put on flesh. And we rise up as a vast army. Now, I'm going to tell you this. In November, we're going to elect a president. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Any thought that you have, well, if we give President Obama four more years... Maybe he can turn around. He's not going to. And he said, well, well, that's why we got Mitt Romney. If, if any hope you have in Mitt Romney getting in and him turning this thing around, you're wrong. There's a third candidate on the ballot that we've got to consider. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. And he's never failed not one time. And he has a perfect record of taking dry bones and putting flesh on them and breathing into them and making them live again. He's turned countries around. He's turned nations around. He's turned worlds around. His name is Christ. He's the answer. He is the answer. But it begins with us. It begins with men and women and students and children who says, I'm done living in the valley. I'm ready to live to be what I was destined to be. I want to be that F-15 strike eagle. I was built to fly, and I'm going to fly. So powerful. He goes on and says this. I prophesied and became that vast army. There's an army. There's an army in America that all it needs to do is to hear God. I want to put flesh on you. I want to put muscle on you. I want to make you new. I want to breathe into you. If you'll let me. 
that I will raise a vast army. Finally this, V-Day someday. In World War II, we longed for V-E Day when finally the war was won in Europe. And then finally we longed for V-J Day when finally Japan surrendered and it came. And now V-Day is symbolic with days of victory. Days of victory. And there is coming a day. Then God said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, I, I think I, I'm trying to be very careful with the Word of God. But I really honestly believe it is God's will that He raise a vast army of followers of Christ who are passionately in love with Him, who are ready to see God do a great work in our lives. So I think I could say, Son of Man, these bones are the whole body of Christ. Look. How they say, our bones are dried up. They admitted their need. Our hope has perished. We're cut off. Therefore, prophesy. Speak to them. Say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Here's a hope of revival. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. God says, I didn't create, I didn't create one child of mine to live in a graveyard. I didn't create no child. I don't, listen, you say, well, my past is so bad. Man, your past got erased when you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. When He made you new, He made you new. Why in the world do we want to live in the graveyard when God's called us to walk on the streets of gold? Why do we walk around with our tail tucked between our legs when God says we're victorious warriors? Why do we, why do we act like we're defeated when we can't lose? He says, I want to bring you up. Out of the graves. My people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will sell you in your own land. Then you will know that I am Yahweh. I've spoken it. I will do it. This is a declaration from God. And it was written thousands of years to Israel. But I'm telling you, it's a declaration for God for us. God wants this nation to have revival. I don't know if, I don't know if the trillion dollars of debt's going away. I don't know about all of that, but I know this. God wants revival to sweep through this land. Oh, Dwayne, it could never happen. You don't understand. Uh, you don't know me. You remember a guy named Peter? You know, Peter was one minute, the rock, and next minute, I don't know him. I don't know him. Some little girl, walked, 14-year-old girl walks up and says, you were with him. No, I wasn't. Peter Wimped out to a 14-year-old, 15-year-old girl. And then, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they, the believers, were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Say, a rushing mighty wind. A rush. You know the story. This is God's Spirit. There came a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It goes on to says, well, let me just read to you real quick. And there were uh, dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Wait a minute. 
Aren't all these guys Galileans? How are we hearing our own language? So it goes on down, verse 6. Others mocking them said it was new wine, verse 14. But Peter. Remember Peter? I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What happened to the well? What happened to the man who whipped out to a 14-year-old girl? The Spirit. We become amazingly strong when we keep depending on ourselves and start depending on God to do something. One of the greatest demises in America is our money, our power, and our prestige. We figured out how to do God's work without God, and it never works. And when these people, these people, us, wins, lessons, learn how to once again say, God, we need you, then we'll see change. But I'm going to tell you. Well, Pastor, when you get that one nailed down, would you come back and preach another one? Because we're waiting on you. I'm sorry. I don't see that in the Word of God. In fact, I think it was Gypsy Smith was asked, how do you have revival? He said, you draw a circle on the ground. You put yourself in the middle of it and you say, God, let it start here. Let it start here. Some of you are saying, well, when my daddy gets right, or my mama gets right, or my husband gets right, or my wife gets right, or my pastor gets right, or our government gets right, quit waiting and start acting. Start doing what you know is right in your heart as a follower of Jesus Christ. Let the Spirit of God blow through you. You've got the flesh. You've got the bones. Let the Spirit of God blow through you. That God may work in this world. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. You know why it's important? You still got the babies in here? Anybody got a baby? Here's one right here. Would you stand up please, sir? Hold that baby up. Just turn around and let everybody see that baby. That's why. Because if Jesus Christ doesn't come back, that little girl is going to face a world. And the only hope... Thank you, brother. You may be seated. The only hope... The only hope... For that girl's world is Jesus Christ. And God has put plan A on us. And man, I'm telling you, we've got to be the people that God's called us to be. I am proud to pastor this church. I am proud to pastor this church. I am proud of what God is doing. But do we need revival? 100% absolutely yes. And I would bring in a special speaker, but I just don't believe the answer is a special speaker. I think it's a special God. I think it's people willing to hear, go all the way back to hear this. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And whether it's me or Brent or David or Randy Davis or, or your Sunday school teacher, whoever's teaching the word of God, hey, dry bones, hear the word of God and let it speak and obey and apply. And just watch what God can do. We're done. For those of you who would say, you know, is it too late for America? I, I really don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's a great debate about America in the end times. It's kind of weird that the Bible doesn't really mention America in the end times. I don't know that's part of the story. But let me answer that question with this question, or this statement. Is it too late for America, not for revival? 
Come on. That's a good place for an amen. Not for revival. I don't know what God's got planned for America out there as a nation. We have no promises. We're not the nation of Israel, so don't start ripping scriptures out of context and say this and that. But you know what? There's a lot of promises for the people of God. And I believe it's not too late for revival in Harrisburg. I don't think it's too late for Illinois. I don't think it's too late for our country. And it's not too late for our friends in Africa. But it's going to take dry bones for going to somehow hear God and allow God to rebuild us, break us and rebuild us, and breathe His Holy Spirit on us. Total dependence on Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you bow your heads there? Men, can I talk to you first because it's Father's Day? Would you be willing to look inside? I was going to say something. I'm going to say it now. I think it's very appropriate. I didn't know Judy was going to say what she said at the beginning of our, our family's opportunity to minister to you in song. But I knew what I was going to say. You know, it's awful easy to look at that family up there and go, yeah, you're the pastor. Your life is perfect. Oh, I wish you could see our warts. Oh, I wish you could see our warts. We are so far from perfect. And if that offends you because I'm the pastor, that's okay. I just happen to be an imperfect pastor. We are a blessed family. I'm proud of my family. God's done some tremendous things in our family. But are we perfect? Not even close. Do we have it all together? Not even close. But that's the exciting part. Because God's still working. He's still working in everyone in my children's life, in my life, in Judy's life. He's not done. And guess what? He's not done with yours either. If your child has walked away or if your marriage has gone this way and or this has happened or that's happened, God's not done. He's got a great plan for you. But you've got to hear the word of the Lord. And that means applying the word of the Lord. That our word's got to come out in here. It means Repentance. It means if you're here today about Jesus Christ, it means turning around and choosing to follow the Son of God. And we'll be glad to explain what that means. If you're already a believer of Jesus Christ, the only way that junk's going to get out of your life is for you to turn away from it. Say, God, I'm going to do what I can, but I'm counting on you for the rest. That's what it is. So dads, moms, students, children, single folks, Are you willing to let the wind blow again in your life? You were destined to live. Destined to fly. God's calling you from the valley of dry bones to live again. And perhaps in a week or two or three, we may come back with a sermon directed specifically on how that happens. But there's one word. Brent, you remember a long time ago, you had a youth event. We had surrender as a theme. And we had white flags, remember, in the, in the sanctuary. And I remember picking up that flag a long time ago and waving that white flag of surrender. If you hear nothing else about the way to get out of the Valley of Dry Bones, it's surrender. It's surrender. It's surrender. God, you're God. I'm not. God, you're the creator. I'm not. God, it's you not me.
Father, for this incredible privilege of sharing today. Thank you. For inspiring Ezekiel to write these words. Thank you. For the graphic picture that you gave us. Because God, I know if we're honest, so many can identify with this. Thank you. Jesus, for dying for us and providing a way that we can turn from our sin and follow you and have forgiveness. Thank you. And Father, for what Brent said, that we can call you Daddy today and that you love us and you want so much for us today. We say thank you. Now, sweet Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to sweep through this place. Speak to hearts. And we'll leave all of that in your hands. And Jesus, I pray this in your name.